are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Friday episode for you. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about why the hell my TV or my ABC affiliate just decided not to pay their bill and it went out during Golden Bachelor last night. We're going to talk about the Golden Bachelor. We're going to talk about Bachelor in Paradise. A lot of stuff to go over on both of those shows. And we've also got another podcast coming in 2024 by a reality star. I mean, who doesn't have a podcast, you know? Anyway, we'll get to all that momentarily. So let's start with this. I'm watching Golden Bachelor. First 30 minutes. It's like, okay, saw Leslie. Uh, I mean, I saw um, Teresa's date with Gary, met the family, overnight date, saw Leslie meet the family, and then poof, basically what I had tweeted out, which was there's something popped up on my screen, which essentially said, hey, dude, you don't get this channel anymore. (laughs) No, it said, this channel is no longer available. We regret any inconvenience. Please visit tvpromise.com for more information. I have direct TV. Well, it reminded me back to this past weekend when I had ABC on over the weekend and there was a scroll across the screen saying our ABC affiliate in Dallas Fort Worth had not worked out a deal yet with direct TV for direct TV to carry the ABC affiliate in Dallas Fort Worth. I didn't think much of it. And I didn't realize that shit would go down at 730 in the middle of a show. I usually thought if they weren't to agree to something, that would happen like overnight. I'd just wake up one day and the channel wouldn't be there. And that's what happened. I think a lot of people got confused thinking that everybody across the country who had ABC, it wasn't going to get it. No, your whatever cable system you have, whether it's DirecTV or Dish Network or Spectrum, whatever the case may be, each, each cable service has to work out a deal to air the channels on their channel lineup. And DirecTV to air um, ABC has to have a deal where they work out something to what they're going to charge and all that stuff. They didn't work out a deal before the time deadline, and that's why it went kaput 30 minutes into the episode. So I tweeted out, and thankfully to some reader, she said she had created a Hulu Live account for uh, her sister. She said I could use it. So thank you to that reader for saving me. Missed about 15 or 20 minutes of of The Golden Bachelor. Basically, right when I turned it on, Gary had already gone to Leslie's room, and Leslie was reading him the Ryan Act and tearing him a new asshole. Um, just really going off on him for him letting her go, and she was very upset. So I ended up watching, got to watch the rest of the show, and got to watch all of Bachelor in Paradise, thanks to that person. I will, um, you know, basically have them take their username and password back once ABC affiliate is restored on my DirecTV, but for the time being, probably going to need it. Now, obviously a lot went down, and Gary said some things that he shouldn't have said, for sure. I mean, I mean, what can you do at this point? Kind of basically pulled a Ben Higgins, right? He said things he shouldn't have said, and... You brought Leslie out for the After the Final Rose, and she was devastated. Everybody there was devastated for her. And Gary comes out, and Leslie reads him. I don't want to say she read him the riot act again. She really didn't. But she explained everything very well. And Gary, I just don't think, really 
I mean, he all you can do in that point, all you can do in that situation if you're Gary is apologize. And he tried as best as he could. I don't think it was a great apology, not like it was insincere or anything. But like Leslie said, I don't accept your apology, but I understand it. Because all you can do in that situation when he said what he said, and we don't know this private conversation that they both referenced on the overnight date where Gary allegedly said something to her that I guess made her feel very secure that he was going to pick her. And then less than 12 hours later, like she said, he had changed his mind and gone to her room and said it was going to be Teresa. And, you know, it's tough because every single season, whether it's The Golden Bachelor, whether it's The Bachelor, whether it's The Bachelorette, the bottom line is you're always going to break someone's heart. Someone that you take to the final two has invested a lot of time into you, and you've probably told them things that, while in the moment sounded great, you knew at some point, if you didn't pick them, it was going to come back to bite you in the ass. I feel like everybody has said it. Now, maybe they didn't say, I love you, but you say things to get that person to believe. Because if every single date you went on with the final two person, up until the last date, was you not saying a word to them, and you and them declaring how much they're into you and them declaring how much they have fun with you and they can see themselves with you. If you were just like, yeah, uh-huh, cool, that's great. They would look at you like, huh? So that's the issue with the show. Not that I need to explain this 48 seasons in, but someone is always going to be devastated. We just saw Joey get devastated by Charity. And then people are like, oh, Charity shouldn't have said this to Joey. She shouldn't have said that to Joey. Look, everybody's going to go through it. And however Joey's season ends in terms of what he says to Kelsey at the end, the bottom line is she's going to feel devastated. She might even feel blindsided. We don't know. But the bottom line is when you're putting on a TV show and you're the lead, let's just say Joey knew from the very get-go that he liked Daisy or he knew he was probably going to pick her. The problem is you can't end the show on your own terms. You have to go along with it. When you hear about former leads talk about the process, they're not talking about the process of falling in love. They're talking about the process of you understand you have a role to play and you understand things that producers will ask you to do and ask you to say. Katie Thurston said it best one time, and I don't want to misquote her, but she basically said when they talk about the process of this show, they're basically saying, doing what producers say. And you could take all the instances of when Joey, or excuse me, when when Gary was with Leslie all season, he said everything she wanted to hear in the moment, and it sounded great. You know, he's not a TV veteran. Joey has already been on one season, so maybe Joey will do it different. But I guarantee whenever he's on a date with Kelsey, the date in Spain where he comes and picks her up on his moped and they take off and what do they have a picnic, right? Something like that. And then she gets the polar plunge date in Canada. I'm guessing when we see them together on both of those dates, people will think, wow, they have great chemistry. Wow, he really likes her. Wow, he's really giving her some assurance that he's into her. But yet he doesn't pick her in the end. So what are you going to do? Get mad at him for for doing that? He can't act aloof because then it's obviously giving the show away. And that's where we're kind of blurring the lines between reality and television show. He has to do it. Gary has to do this stuff. Now, 
Gary went over the top because he said, I love you to two different women. He didn't need to do that part, but he was very assuring to Leslie. And maybe the wording that he used wasn't great. In fact, it wasn't. But the bottom line is everyone's always going to get heartbroken at the end. I, I can't think of one season where the lead either went early to that person's room and said, you know what, I've decided it's not you. Or even on the altar, had to sit there and listen to them profess, profess their love for him or her, and then they had to let them down right there at the altar. It doesn't matter. Every single one of them walked away upset. I think except Becca Tilly on Chris Soul's season. She was the one that I think a lot of people questioned, is she even sad when she was walking out of that barn and got in the car and left? I think she was one of the few. Interesting. But that's the only one I remember. Everyone else literally has a visceral reaction to being dumped. And I, I'm just, I'm so surprised. Nobody was like, yep, I hear you. I saw it coming. You know, thanks a lot for the time here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're never going to get that on this show, ever. 98% of the time, the person who gets dumped at the end is going to be upset. And it's going to be, they're going to be upset based on how much they enjoyed your chemistry and how much they enjoyed spending time with you and probably will reference things that you said to them that made them feel good because you kind of have to. You're not going to say, even if he knew or even if anybody knew they were picking somebody else, if somebody's telling you, I can see ourselves together in the future, you're not going to say on that particular date, yeah, not me. <laughs> like, so that's, that's always going to be the tough thing on any of these shows is that blurred line between What's really going on and what the lead has to do to produce a television show that's dramatic. What did I like best about the After the Final Rose? Well, two things. Number one, Jesse Palmer started off the show in the very beginning, and he gets up there and he's talking about this major thing that is going to happen. The exact wording was, get ready for an announcement that'll leave all of Bachelor Nation stunned. I tweeted out maybe within five minutes of him saying that, that, hey, I had found out that Gary and Teresa are going to get married and ABC was going to televise it. Not obviously last night, but it was coming at some point. And that ended up being right. Very end of the show. Show ran six minutes over. So if you didn't set your DVR or maybe the DVR was set to go to 906 or you know central time, but it went six minutes over. And that was the final thing as they went off the air was that. Gary and Teresa not only are getting married, not only is it going to be a televised wedding, it's going to be live on Thursday, January 4th on ABC. So we're going to get a live televised wedding with Gary and Teresa. So I guess that'll be fun. You know, we haven't had a live wedding on this show, but I can see why they capitalized on this. And, you know, it kind of all it kind of also makes everything that the Hollywood Reporter did yesterday look even worse. Like, are they proud of what they did yesterday by putting Carolyn in there, you know, interviewing a former girlfriend of his? And it's like, really, you really need to come down that hard on him. He didn't commit a crime, for God's sakes. And you're making it seem like, oh, look, at we nailed this guy. What a jerk he looks like. Doesn't seem like it to Teresa. Seems like they're happy. So just bad reporting all around by Hollywood Reporter. Thought it was really cheap and dirty. The other thing I loved about the After the Final Rose was the fact that my post-college crush 
was on the show. End of college, post-college crush. Jennifer Love Hewitt was there. Oh, I mean, come on now. Amanda Beckett, Amanda. <laughs> Remember when Peter Facinelli called her that in Can't Hardly Wait? I do. <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> um, she was there. Why? Because she's on a show called 911, which moved from Fox to ABC. So it's going to premiere on ABC uh, after the new year. So I guess, you know, corporate synergy <laughs> is why she was there. They didn't interview her or anything. They didn't say Jennifer Love Hewitt from the upcoming show 911 coming to ABC. They just showed her in the audience a couple times, just like they showed Pilot Pete's parents. Sweetnums was there. Don't know why. Just bizarre that that woman is everywhere and his parents are everywhere on this show. So bizarre. But, yeah, it was, I mean, I, my 1999 self was freaking out at Jennifer Love Hewitt being part of Bachelor Nation. Now, we know back in, what, 2010? 2000, yeah, 2010, 2011 time, she was really part of Bachelor Nation when she started dating Ben Flanick before his season of The Bachelor. We talked about that with Courtney a couple weeks ago on the podcast. But, yeah, uh, I'll never, ever, ever be upset if Jennifer Love Hewitt is on my television screen. I mean, jeesh. Sarah from Party of Five. Amanda Beckett from Can't Hardly Wait. Julie from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, what else? She was in the Garfield movies, wasn't she? I don't know her name in that one because I never saw them. She was in obviously a lot of other stuff, but <laughs> those are those are the main ones. Um, but yeah, I oh, the client list. I never watched that show, but heard she was really good on the client list. And I don't know what her name was, but yeah, she was there. So good for her. Maybe she's a fan of Reality Steve and reads the spoilers. God, if I ever found that out, I might lose my mind. Just letting you know right now. Something that um, former podcast guest, numerous, uh, multiple-time podcast guest, Kristen Baldwin, who writes for EW.com, something that she pointed out uh, on a tweet last night, which was really interesting, and that was, um, where is it? I'm looking for her tweet. Oh, she said, wait, so the finale promo showed Leslie in a blue dress, presumably the one she's going to wear on proposal day, so... They just had her put it on and walk around pensively sometime before proposal day? The answer to that would be yes, because she was never in that dress in the episode. So clearly they had her put it on so they could use it in promos to make people think that, I don't know, that she did arrive for final rose ceremony day. I'm not really sure why they had her do it, but we know that they did have her do it because that's what she was wearing in that picture. And Kristen Baldwin has the picture of Leslie in the blue dress in that tweet, a picture and a scene that we never saw in the episode last night. And she talked about it, buying the $60,000 blue dress. I think she talked about it during the breakup, and she talked about it on the couch on the After the Final Rose. So that's something else to point out from the finale. They gave them a trip to Italy, which they're going to use for their honeymoon. There was eight of Gary's women there. It was like Faith and Ellen and uh, um, Susan and Kathy and Joan. Or was it Joanne? I, I'm sorry for getting their names. Sandra was there. 
and there was eight of them. And my guess is they're going to be filming bachelorette parties, stuff like that, and that's the footage we're going to get in addition to the live wedding on January 4th with Gary and Teresa. But, yeah, glad I was able to spoil it a couple weeks ago that he did choose Teresa and they are engaged, and glad I was able to spoil it right after Jesse said, we got a surprise that's going to stun all of you. Not really. I also thought it was funny when Teresa was up on stage saying, oh, to keep it a secret, it was so tough. I didn't even tell my sisters. Well, I'm guessing, Teresa, your sisters knew because the spoilers got around to them within the last couple weeks. I got to believe that they heard, by the way, Teresa's engaged. But hey, that's just me. That's just me thinking that word of mouth travels when I release a spoiler. Bachelor in Paradise was only an hour last night. And it kind of wrapped up some of the couples, and then we got a a rose ceremony at the end where the women gave out the roses. I'm telling you, the biggest what-the-fuck moment from last night's Bachelor in Paradise episode, we knew when we last left off that Blake was pulling Jess aside to basically tell her he was done, and it just wasn't going to work between them, and he just felt like they were going in circles. Totally get that. Made sense to me. Certainly made sense to Jess. She wasn't even mad at him. Although she was disappointed, obviously, because she wanted things to work out. They didn't. It happens. Then Blake goes to leave, gets in the car, and Kylie, of all people, chases him up the stairs. And it's it's so bizarre to me because that scene made it seem like Kylie was into him. She gave him that look in the eyes. Blake couldn't even look her in the eyes. She's like, what am I going to do here without you? And I didn't, I don't know, I didn't take it as... You've been a great friend to me. I need your advice. You're so wise. It's going to suck without you here. To me, it seemed like she was flirting with him, and it was almost like, please give me a chance. Because why else? I don't know. And then we see next, but literally Kylie has been with Avon since day one of this show. Or since Avon came in, because obviously she was with somebody else in the very, very beginning. But since the second Avon arrived, they've been a couple. I haven't even really remembered a conversation between Kylie and Blake. Now, I'm sure they had some. Obviously, they're filming all day long, and I'm sure they had some, but did anyone else get that same impression that when Kylie went to chase Blake, that wasn't just, oh, my God, I'm going to miss you. You've been a great friend. It sounded like she wanted him to stay because she wanted to be with him. Unless I totally misread that. I don't know, but, I mean, she was like, she was giving him that look, and then Blake couldn't even look her in the eye, and he was like, being bashful I I totally missed that I was like where the hell did this come from I haven't even seen these two interact all season yeah it was weird and then he leaves and then who else left uh uh, well Rachel Recchia ended up not giving her rose out because Jordan V took a rose from Mercedes and Tyler had to leave because Mercedes called him out, and Tyler said there was no spark. Well, I think it was because all I keep hearing post-show is Tyler has a girlfriend now, but people were telling me for a while there that that was all going on before he even left for Paradise. I have no idea if that's true or not, but um, he left because he said he didn't feel a spark with Mercedes. She got upset at that. She ended up giving her rose to Jordan V right before Rachel's supposed to give out her rose, and Rachel didn't want to give her rose to Taylor or to Braden, so she decided to bolt, and she left. So now we've got down to, what, like seven couples? 
And we know that Aaron and Eliza and Kat and John Henry are the ones that get engaged at the end of this thing. The wedding they show next week, that's Mari and Kenny. That has nothing to do with any of the couples down there that got married. That was Mari and Kenny going back a year later where they first met to get quote-unquote married, even though their real wedding was two weeks ago, and that was covered by all the entertainment outlets. So I don't even know. I mean, basically just doing producers a favor. Like, yeah, we'll come down there and get quote-unquote married, but that wasn't their real wedding. But, yeah, the Kylie Blake thing was so bizarre. I was so confused about that whole thing. I didn't know where the hell that came from. And finally, we've all seen the meme and the uh, the gif of Oprah, you know, at her show when she had her television show and everybody look under your seats. You get a car and you get a car and you get a car. Well, now we can say that about podcasts. Everybody gets a podcast. You get a podcast. You get a podcast. You get a podcast. Well, you know who the latest in the podcast world is coming in January of 2024? That's right. Rachel, formerly Raquel Levis, has a podcast coming in January of 2024. It's called Rachel Goes Rogue Sure, it's just going to be her talking about things that happen on Vanderpump Rules, talking about Sandoval, talking about rehab. I mean, look, if it's not any of that stuff, no one's going to listen. Like, look, if Rachel Levis is going to have a podcast, she better be talking about what the hell, everything that happened and be honest about everything that went on behind Ariana's back. And did you have sex in their house when Ariana was in the other room or like the guest house or whatever? That's what people want to know. If she's going to sit there and talk makeup and doing her hair and having girls' nights, sorry, no one's going to listen to your podcast. You have one or two episodes to reel people in. That's the way it works in this podcast world. You're Rachel Levis. You have a big, big platform right now that a lot of people want to hear what you really have to say. And if you come with a first episode that doesn't deliver anything and there isn't any admissions of anything or stories that we don't know about, you're going to lose your audience real quick. So that's just my advice to Rachel Levis. I don't think she's listening. I don't think she'll even care if she did listen, but that's my advice to you, Rachel. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. I've got my NFL picks. i got two picks in college championship games this weekend, so check that out. Everyone, have a great, great weekend this weekend. Monday, if you didn't know this, It is my seven-year anniversary of podcasting. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Anyway, thanks all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you on Monday. See you!